You know, there's always, you can always learn something new, and I've learned something new this year, this Christmas, that many call this evening the Shepherd's Night. And some families have the tradition of transforming their living room into a place with blankets and cushions as they imagine themselves on Shepherd's Night, that they're the shepherds who receive this wonderful message from the angels. And, and some will even wear costumes, you know, those costumes we would wear with the towel, a bathrobe and a towel over our heads. And then they eat a typical shepherd's supper on the floor by candlelight as they imagine that they are out underneath the stars receiving this wonderful message from the angels. And so tonight I, want, I came and I decided to speak here because we're talking about this story. And, and we know it happened just outside of Bethlehem. And 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah pinpointed the exact location of Jesus's birth. And it would be the small, little, obscure town of Bethlehem. This is what Micah the prophet said. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Israel. And this is the actual, Bethlehem is the actual place where David was the king of Israel. Uh, he was born and he grew up tending his father's flock before he was a king. And that's the exact same place that this happened in Bethlehem. Do you know that Bethlehem means the house of bread in Hebrew? And it was the place where they would grow lots of grain down the slopes. And after harvest, uh, the shepherds were allowed then to bring their sheep in and graze the fields. And, and in, <laughs> as nature does it, the sheep then, or the goats, would bring fertilizer to the fields. And so the farmers had this agreement that was wonderful. One of the things that we're talking about tonight uh, are lambs. And so, you know, lambs in those hills of Bethlehem were raised for temple sacrifices. And at the time of Jesus, the flocks surrounding this little town of Bethlehem were vast. And, and there was an estimated at that time, five million people in Jerusalem. And just in Passover alone, they would need 250,000 lambs because there would need to be one sacrificial lamb for each household. And so there was a lot of sheep around those in those fields around the town of Bethlehem. And, and then we hear our story, the shepherd's night, uh, we hear about the shepherds. And in verse 8 uh, of our passage from Luke, we hear, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So perhaps watching over temple sheep. So these shepherds had a unique task. They were breeding and raising and protecting the sheep, not just any sheep, but the special sheep, the lambs for the temple. Usually shepherds at night, it would be young teenagers. That's why we hear about that story of David. David was the youngest of Jesse's sons and he was the one, while his brothers went to war, he was the one who had to tend 
the flocks and take care of them. And so it was quite typical that it would be teenagers watching the sheep. But we know in this story it was adult shepherds. And there was only one time uh, that they would, the adult shepherds would be out watching the flocks at night. And that was in the season of birthing. When the ewes were going to birth the lambs, it was cold and the adult shepherds, the men would want to be out there so that they could be there ready for when the new lambs were born. So Luke is telling us that this is the time of the season when lambs are born. The usual version we hear about shepherds is that they were poor and dirty. That might be partially true. But these shepherds were not your typical shepherds out in the wilderness because they were shepherds out around Bethlehem, we believe that, that were taking care of the lambs that were getting ready for the temple. They were men of a well-respected and elevated in social status because the Pharisees would be overseeing what they were doing and they were getting the lambs ready uh, for the temple and for sacrifice. And so one of the things is some believe that some of them were even priests because priests would have to examine the lambs for sacrifice. And the interesting thing is these ones who were now raising and overseeing the lambs for sacrifice because they would be defiled in doing it, they would themselves never get to go and worship at the temple. And they were willing to sacrifice uh, that so that others could go and worship God. And so it's to these guys that the angels show up. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that God's message comes to these men who are out there watching over the temple lands, who are making a personal sacrifice so that others can go and worship. And so this promised Messiah, that the priests had heard about from the prophets, the savior of the world has finally been born. And so animal sacrifices are no longer necessary. Now Jesus would be the ultimate perfect sacrifice to pay for man's sin once and for all through his future death and resurrection. No wonder these shepherds were told went with haste they went with haste to see the baby that the angel spoke about. As we've talked about the lamb, when I think about Jesus being born in a manger, my image is usually a couple of lambs softly bleeding in the background. But of course, we don't really know if there were animals there or not. We don't really know if there were sheep or not. But the truth of it is, there was a lamb, and his name is Jesus. We know that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. We see that in mangers. And so these swaddling clothes were not ordinary cloths. They were not just some rags that Mary and Joseph found in the corner. These were the cloths that were used especially for the brand newborn lambs. The firstborn lamb that was born, the one who was without blemish. And so the priests 
would wrap them in these special cloths called swaddling cloths and they would lay them in a manger so that they would be protected and they could be inspected to see if they were without blemishes because that's the ones only the ones without blemishes or defect could be made to be sacrificed and so they wrapped them tightly the little lambs and so these cloths are special temple cloths and so we're told that Jesus and it's to the shepherds that are told that you will find him laying in a feeding trough wrapped in swaddling clothes see the shepherds knew where to find the newborn king wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger because ultimately it was their manger it was the place where they had been laying their lamps and so they knew exactly where to find Jesus interesting enough too, the manger we look at it and make it usually out of wood and straw but the truth is the manger was a stone feeding trough it was a very safe place for the little lambs when they were born these lambs were placed in a manger as I said to keep them safe this is the only time that mangers are mentioned in the Christmas story and notice that the manger uh, swaddling cloths and manger is mentioned to who the shepherds who were out in the fields tending the flocks at night it's interesting that we would think that a lamb is not usually what you would think of as an animal when you're saying uh, uh, the king has been born, a world leader, a world leader with power that is going to change everything. You wouldn't consider them a lamb. Usually you would call them a lion or a bear or something mighty like that. Some countries use the symbol of an eagle. But John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, seeing him walking towards him, declared behold the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world because of our sin we've been separated from god and we stand guilty before him sin has always separated us from god <coughs> this is why lambs had to be sacrificed they had to be sacrificed two times a day, morning and night. They had to be sacrificed for special Jewish sacrifices, the Passover. Lambs were required also uh, for burnt offerings and peace offerings and sin offerings. And so at the temple there was lambs being slaughtered constantly for people's sin. Notice that John the Baptist doesn't say the sins of the world. He says the sin of the world. And so Jesus is that lamb that comes to take away the sin of the world once and for all. As if it's one big, huge problem. And so because of this, one lamb would be sent. The lamb of God. John announced publicly and triumphantly that Jesus would take away the sin of the world. He would take away John's sin. He would take away the sin of many in Israel. He would take away your sin. He would take away my sin. And the fact is he will take away anyone's sin who places their faith in him, the Lamb 
of God, the finished work of Christ. See, lamb is mentioned all throughout scripture, but I can't help to think tonight that also in the book of Revelation, the lamb of God who gave his life on the cross is also the lamb now before the throne. This lamb becomes the focus of all worship as he is recognized as king and Lord of the world, the whole world. Revelation 5.12 says, In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. I pray this Christmas, may the Lamb of God in the manger be the focus of your attention. We've been going through so much. And maybe we just need to now just focus in on the Lamb of God. But I also pray, may the Lamb on the throne in heaven be the object of your adoration and worship this Christmas Eve. As I bring this to a close, how wonderful it is to know that the Messiah, the Savior, has come. Just as the shepherds heard that word, how wonderful there is no need now for animal sacrifices anymore because the price has been paid once and for all for us because of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus became that perfect Lamb without blemish, without sin. So we never need to be separated from God Again, my friends, that is good news. After the shepherds saw Jesus with their own eyes, the Bible says they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Verse 20. That's our mission this Christmas. We are told that the shepherds would respond to the announcement of Jesus' birth with what? One, an eagerness to embrace the good news. I pray this Christmas you would have that same eagerness as they had on that starry night, the shepherd's night, to receive the good news. They hurried to find Jesus. Oh, I pray that you hurry to find Jesus this Christmas. And they spread then the word about him. And that's our role to do now after this night together, is to go and spread the word about the Lamb of God. And they glorified and praised God. I pray that you know what it is to worship him and adore him. I close with this poem. Mary had a little lamb, and it's not the one that you probably know. It goes like this. Mary had a little lamb. He was born on Christmas Day. She laid him in a manger bed to sleep upon the hay. Angels filled the nighttime sky, and they began to sing. Shepherds heard them all proclaim the birthday of a king. Wise men saw a blazing star up in the sky that night. They followed it until they found the king of love and light. Mary had a little lamb. But he wasn't hers, you know. He was the very Son of God, the one who loves us so. The father of this little lamb loved the world so much that he sent his only son to earth so we could feel his touch. 
He came to give us joy and peace and take away our sin. So when he knocks on your heart's door, be sure to let him in. Why do I love this precious lamb? What can the reason be? The answer is quite plain, you see. It is because he first loved me. I pray this Christmas, as difficult as it has been, may you know the love of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. God bless you tonight.